All right, Olivia, can we please have a one-word prompt? Appalachia. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. I, I have a feeling this is related to where this movie potentially takes place, and that was something I was trying to figure out the entire time. I was like, is this specific northwest I'm getting vibes well, of? I was confused because there's, like, leaves everywhere, but they also have Christmas decorations on them. It was just very... Uh, global warming, Ken. There's no more snow. <laughs> no more winter. Hang on one second. Hey, welcome to the Over Talking Podcast with your hosts, Ken and CJ. Say hi, CJ. Hi, CJ. This is the show where we talk over TV shows and movies as chosen by our guests. And this week we watched Super Dark Times. And boy, are they dark. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Super dark. Oof. Yeah, it's uh, not an uplifting movie for those who have never seen it, like myself. I had no idea. I, thought I don't it think was. I even I looked up a description of the movie. I just started watching That's it. That's the best way to watch this movie, I feel like, is to go yeah. going blind. Mm-hmm. But before we get uh, too far into the movie, I see I see the red lights blinking over there. Oh, that's right. Uh, I think the Overtalking Hotline has uh, been hit up. Uh, see, can you hit that button? Yeah, let's, let's see here. I can definitely get this to work. And I've done this before, and it'll be fine. Here we go. Okay. Hey, Ken and CJ. How's it going, guys? Um, I heard Good. on your recent episode with uh, the newly fun Porpo, um, <laughs> you talked about uh, the Whirly Popper and requested a call in, so I'm just uh, heeding that request. So Whirly Popper is something that uh, both my wife, Lauren, and I uh, independently grew up with. Um, it's like a stovetop popcorn maker that has a lid with uh, a like crank mechanism in the handle that comes off of the lid. Um, and that has a little uh, spinning fork that reaches down to the bottom of the pot. And so uh, you heat the oil in the vessel, add the popcorn kernels, and then you can twist this mechanism in the lid that uh, stirs everything up and keeps things moving uh, while it all cooks. And then the lid opens and you kind of like tip the the whole thing over and it pours the popcorn out into your bowl. And uh, we like to top it with um, a maple garlic seasoning we get from the Spice House, wow. um, which is very Fancy. good. And we also do some cheddar powder. And remind me next time I'm on the show to tell you uh, the saga of our cheddar powder, but uh, I'll save that for not a voicemail. Anyway, uh, eat popcorn, uh, kiss your pets, have a good day. Great advice. Kiss your pets, wow. folks. So wait, what's it called again? It's a whirly pop? Whirly pop. So there's a, just pop. a little thing that helps stir the kernels so that like you're not getting any unpopped kernels, it sounds like. I guess so. Their website is literally called the Whirly Pop Shop. It's a great name. A great, great name. All right. How much is this thing? <laughs> Already looking to invest? I mean, it sounds cool. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like, well, there's a range of them. It's anywhere from like thirty to sixty-five dollars. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, thirty bucks for something you might use like once a week, maybe once every other week. That's a, all right. I assume it takes longer to pop than like microwave popcorn, right? I don't know. Microwave still takes like two minutes or so. This is probably around the same. Justin Peters, call back in. We we got more questions. Look, I don't know if we're gonna get through it all today, but. Uh, we, we need to see this in action, I think, uh, to fully understand 
is it worth it? Yeah, so bring it over next time you come over to the show. Bring it with you. We'll make some. We'll eat it on mic. Look, let's get our guest uh, opinion on this. What do you think? Yeah. This week we're I'm, joined once again by Olivia Cody. I was so excited to give my opinion that I didn't even let you introduce me. <laughs> I am really thrilled by this. I'm a huge popcorn girl and I don't have a microwave. So I've been buying like ah. packed popcorn that does not hit the same way. So I feel like this is a perfect solution other than like the scream, like stovetop and like the popped bag thing. So I'm intrigued. I used to for a while, even though we did own a microwave, would still make stovetop popcorn mm. because then as it's sort of like cooking, that's when you can start to sprinkle stuff on it. So it's nice and hot in there. So it'll like it stick to the popcorn better and stuff like that. Just pour the salt and the butter and the powders and things like that. Nice. A little in-season action. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just like a little dab of oil and just kind of swirl it around as it's popping. Make sure you don't get any burnt burnt kernels or anything like that i don't, I don't think i've ever made stovetop popcorn wow. it just sounds like too much work elitist i don't know <laughs> but then the 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 bad popcorn it doesn't have enough butter and then i'm like i don't want to make more butter this is all too much work look but then i don't want the the pre-pop popcorn right because that's just like styrofoam it kind of feels like you are nicole kidman's dream you are you're Thriving in the movie theaters, you're going, you're soliciting, yes, you're, you're going absolutely. to the concessions. This is where That's dreams fresh, are made. Fresh pop popcorn that I yeah. don't have to do myself. Paying $20 for a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> the movie theater popcorn is the best popcorn, and I think that yeah. is something we can all agree on, yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. There yeah. we go. All right. Podcast over. Yep. All right. All right. See, see, you, see you next week. week. Uh, but man, does it like make your stomach hurt? I always eat too much because I, I'm, that's what I'm probably more excited. I'm more excited to eat the popcorn than to see whatever movie. And then, so I'm like, well, I got to get a big bag and then I got to finish all of it. And then I got to make sure my tummy hurts. It doesn't make my tummy hurt, but it makes me break out the next day because of all the oil. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not very fair. Yeah. I've also ruined many a pant because of like a greasy popcorn bag bottom. Yeah. If you're holding it in your lap, Ken, you're looking like you're perplexed. But if you never just had it in your lap and then like the little corners get saturated with oil. You never oh, got no. greased. That yeah. I absolutely understand. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's uh, that's not no bueno. I, I want though, there needs to be better offerings though. I, I feel like we, we're in the 21st century. Gee, dang it. There should be okay. popcorn toppings at movie theaters. Some movie theaters, some movie theaters have the little shaker, but like that's gross. I don't want to use. It's always clogged. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I recently went to a movie theater and I was really hungry. I didn't have dinner beforehand. I, I played that risky game and I go up to the counter and I know we're talking about popcorn, but I asked him. I was like, "What if you were hungry and you were me? Like, what would you get?" He looks <laughs> me dead in the eyes and he goes, "Absolutely nothing." And then him and all of the other employees high five and are guffawing at me. What? And I just have to go. Okay, all right, then I'll walk away. And I just had to walk away so hungry. They were so disgusted by their own food that they wouldn't even hawk a sale to me. Which yeah, what? Yeah. Even if they're so hungry, they're not going to eat any of that stuff back there. No, they, they, like, they had like hot dogs, and I was like, a hot dogs gross wherever you eat it, but like. I would still fuck with a, a movie theater hot dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was yeah, really right. disappointing. So kind of turned me off. This came up in conversation the other day uh, where I still remember it. We Emily and I went to go see the latest Spider-Man, but it was we were coming from something and it started 
a little after like five. So we're like, well, we don't have time to dinner. We're literally in a rush to make this movie time. I was like, all right, guess we're having popcorn for dinner. And boy, did my tummy hurt after that. Because <laughs> your body's like, oh, surely this is like nutritious. And I should like, you know, be consuming this for calories. And it's like, nope, this, this is going <laughs> to suck. So maybe they did you a favor in that sense. At least at I'll least my body you. was not happy when I did it. <laughs> Thank you, movie well, gods. You know who else's body wasn't happy? Oh, no. That one kid at the beginning of this movie. Uh so we're going to talk about super dark times and more coming up on the Over Talking Podcast. Was anybody happy in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that. Give it back. Asterisk. You want it? Come and get it. Stop! Stop! What did you do? What did you do? Do you remember Daryl Harper? Got a call from his mom. Guess he never came home last night. Did you see him at school today? Are you okay? There's just a lot going on right now. Josh, you should go back. What? I don't know, but I just keep thinking of his mom. Don't go back there. You need to listen to no, me. No, you need to listen to yourself. You're scared all the time. Uh, and we're back on the Over Talking Podcast, joined once again by returning guest Olivia Covey, and we're talking Code Cody. Oh my God, Covey! Look, I'm Kofi-fi. so excited about Super Dark Times. <laughs> we got to talk oh, about it. Good. Olivia, we're t- uh, we're gonna put thirty seconds on the clock for you to describe for someone who's never heard or seen Super Dark Times, which is probably most people. What it was me. About. Ready to go. Okay, so it takes place in the nineties, and I believe upstate, like New York, is my guess. And oh. it's about two best friends who are just farting around, and they are joined by other friends. And um, things really escalate when a sword is introduced into the group, and boys will be boys classically. <laughs> And when all of a sudden a knife impales one of the kids That's in like the neck, and then um, they have to cover the murder, and then maybe someone Five, is, goes crazy with four, murder and is blood three, hungry. Two, one, time. Yeah, don't even need it. <laughs> Everybody running to see this movie. Oof! Yeah, this was uh, <laughs> took a lot out of me. I think to watch this was uh, <laughs> it was dark. This is the. This is exactly the kind of movie I used to like seek out and watch every every weekend. I would try to watch an indie movie like this that was either horror or horror adjacent like this. And I had seen this before, uh, and it was great to revisit it. I Olivia, I have two questions for you. One, how did you hear about this movie? Because I've never heard of it before. And two, is everything okay? <laughs> I it was like one of those movies my brother and I had kind of like I think he had maybe like heard about it or something so we watched Did it your like brother have young. a sword and I trust me that sucker is locked away in my apartment now um <laughs> but he threw it on like early on in the pandemic and it was so interesting because I had also never heard of it and just like how quickly the tension is there and then how slowly it just kind of like continues to build which you don't think is possible um is so uncomfortable in such a way like i had started my rewatch last night and continued it on today and like going to bed in the middle of the like after watching it halfway through it was like so icky feeling because it just is so like it just is unsettling is the best way to put it Mm -hmm. yes and yeah i'm doing great (laughs) good i'm glad to hear that (laughs) Yeah, unsettling is a great word to describe this movie. I I feel like it was it was decently predictable with Chekhov's katana sword. It was like, well, 
they're not bringing that out for nothing. Something's going to happen. <laughs> we we know it's coming. And then they start to get in a in a little fight and then things go awry. And I don't know about you guys, but it's like all of the characters I feel like are so easily placeable like I don't know, like, I feel like I personally know them. I'm not saying they built the characters well, but it just felt like classic tropes that you kind of have in, like, your high school or, like, in your friend group even, where I was like, this literally kind of feels like me farting around with my friends. And then, I don't know, maybe the setting of of it as well did feel so Midwest, like, at our age at that point. I just felt very, like, immersed in it in that way, where it just was like, oof, this could be i don't know and it's i've never been in that situation but i was like i could see that happening for some reason yeah i think you're absolutely right it's very believable and i think the actors in this movie do a great job like i think it's it's a well-acted movie uh, in general the the only thing i had a, a little qualm with of like yeah i totally agree that the characters are like oh yeah i knew a dude like that in high school or, or whatever is I, I don't remember dropping that many F-bombs when I was a teenager. It felt like it was like every other word that they, when they were talking to each other was like, well, this fucking fuck. It's like, okay, we get it. You're, you, yeah. you like to swear. He's up. That's true. I don't think we did. Yeah. But. And then, the okay, the other thing I was going to ask Olivia, specifically you, because Ken and I went to the same high school, so I assume we have similar experiences. All of these movies... That that depicts they're like okay here's how you know it's in high school we're gonna show two people making out in a hallway <laughs> I don't remember that ever happening in high school no, no no absolutely no making out in high school I feel in but public like, like our, that like no in public one but then like also I feel like our time in between classes was literally they gave us like ninety seconds to yeah get, like, classroom one to classroom whatever so it was like impossible you know not even that but yeah it was not not part of my culture yeah. The um the random the random kid running down the hallway crying though <laughs> did seem to hit. Yes, <laughs> that that seemed accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah. they were kind of on that point. There were so many like random things that happened in this movie. That being one of them, where it's like I don't know why they like had to draw attention to that. But then like there's that one moment when after the murder occurs and he's in class and that girl's like playing with her pen and like that weird like. She's like weirdly moaning. Do you remember yeah. that? Like I have, there's so many points in this movie where I'm like, I have no idea what the intention behind this is. And I feel like <laughs> I've, I've done my deep dive. They like do not talk about it. The directors, um, they're only just like all these Reddit theories about everything. Like nothing. I'm like, I, I think that kind of draws me to this movie in a way where it just is like, nothing is clear. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, that scene alone to me, I, the way I just took it was that it's just high school bullshit. Like, yeah, there's probably some random kid who would do shit like that in a class. And it's just other shit that this kid who has lived through this horrible trauma is also dealing with. Which kind of brings us to the love interest of this movie. The The main character, he's not the one who actually stabbed the die, guy who dies, but his best friend did. And he was there. And he's now dealing with covering this up because they haven't found the body. And at the same time, there's this girl that he likes that is expressing very overt interest in him and he just can't deal with it because of everything and yeah yeah it's just just interesting to see him try to process that and deal with trying to just be a kid in high school i think to setting the the trauma aside for a second and placing myself into that kid's shoes 
if my crush just like showed up at my house and started like flirting with me, my head would have exploded. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I what is happening? I don't know what I would have done if that had ever happened. I probably would have freaked out. Just full on like sweat. <laughs> I would have like, frozen. What? <laughs> I would have been so embarrassed, but also it's like it's that thing where it's like you dream about it a million times. You know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. like this is out of a movie, but in actuality, I'd want to end everything. I'd want to <laughs> yeah. grow up, like crawl out of my skin. <laughs> like, yeah, what? But no, she was ballsy. Like I feel like she was, yeah, hold, holding no bars. Yeah, God, I wish I was that ballsy in high school. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, have that kind of confidence, Jesus. Yeah. Going along with that, I did uh, one part I noted that I enjoyed was eventually the that that kid has a, a sex dream about her, and I really much really enjoyed that. Even in the sex dream, he still has his boxers on while they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't show it all. No, <laughs> Got to keep some, some modesty. <laughs> but that's that sex dream though is it's not just a sex dream. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a having weird... sex basically with or on the corpse of the dead kid yeah at least at the place of it i don't know it was it was freaky yeah a lot of layers yeah yeah but hey we we don't we don't kink shame here of course no (laughs) no if you're out there you want to have sex on corpse (laughs) (laughs) who are we to judge right just get consent Do we okay? And then I, I just want to know your all's opinions of like I, this movie really like stuck with me in that I just kept being like, yeah, what happened to the kid that killed him? Like why, like something just flips in his brain and he's like, oh, killing people is pretty easy. I can just stab them with this sword I have. No one's gonna yeah. stop me. It's pretty easy so- to do. We're obviously getting to spoiler territory here, so just just a heads up. But yeah, eventually he, well, the main character gets an inkling that his best friend, the one who stabbed the the kid who died, maybe have retrieved the sword that they had hid and may be responsible for some other additional deaths that are happening. And uh, turns out he's right, and uh, of course has to pull in the uh, love interest to be potentially stabbed. Uh, but yeah, something just switches in his head, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, I kind of like." I kinda like love it. that actor. Have you? Have you guys watched Ozark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he just plays. He just is really good at like this kind of like dweeby, kind of mm-hmm. outcast kid. Like, I think he'll obviously just be typecast of that for the rest of his life, but he does it really believably. Yeah, I love like even. Even in the movie, like it feels like the main character is the audience, where he's like. Why are you doing this? What like what happened? And all we get is his friend saying the murderous one basically saying like you don't know me or like you don't you can't relate to me. You don't know what's going on or something like that. And that that's it though. We get like just that tiny taste and it's like oh we're not going to like unpeel that or or anything like not going to show some story of like his home life or and nothing. I Okay, again, this is what I took from it, and maybe I really am reading into this movie way more than I do any other movie, but (laughs) the way I kind of took the whole movie, but especially what you're getting at with, you know, he doesn't know him, right? Like, we get glimpses of, like, a couple conversations between the two main characters before the initial stabbing, and the guy who does the the stabbing, the, the guy who goes psycho, is kind of like a weird high school kid but like 
I think what they're highlighting with like, you know, the clicking pen thing and other things like that is that all high school kids are weird. And so you maybe don't really know what's going on in someone's head because everyone has these weird idiosyncrasies at that age that, you know, maybe they're a sociopath and you just can't pick up on it at that point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even from like some of the conversations, like his home life seems like kind of interesting. I don't think there's like anything overtly like going on, but I think with his brother, like being in the Marines and like being gone and like him kind of maybe mm-hmm. looking up to him, obviously. And then kind of at the end of the movie, he mentions when he's with the girls in the kitchen that like his little brother is like a prodigy or something, or maybe it's some, at some point, his like little brother is a prodigy and like his parents are like always away, like either taking care of him or like working. So it kind of feels like this kid is just very much loner, isolated, like in mm-hmm. his own little bubble, being a little freak. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, yeah, obviously can't probably explain a sociopath's uh, intentions, but yeah, it felt like, Hey man, you finally have an in you. You're the weed guy. You can like hang out with them now. Isn't that what you wanted? So I kind of want to introduce this theory. So like after I saw it for the first time, I think once again, this may be a spoiler for everybody, but I feel like it leaves you in this place where you're like, wait, what the heck is happening? Like, where do we stand with like the two characters that we've really been following throughout the movie? And I don't know, I guess, can I just say what kind of happens in the end? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have. Um, So essentially it comes down to a showdown between the two friends after uh, the initial killer kills another girl from high school and then tries to go over, tries to go for Allison, the love interest. And then the movie ends with the two fighting over each other. um, And then I think his name is Josh. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Josh gets taken away in the back of like a police car and you just see like Zach and him like locking eyes as Josh drives off. Um, And then that cuts. And then we kind of start a whole new thing where it seems like it's in the future at some point and it's Allison like in the shower and then like Allison go on her way to school and Allison in school. And then it it, like kind of flips the POV in a way where then we're left with Allison and you're just kind of like, wait, what's going on here? So after watching it, I remember the first time kind of going in like my Reddit deep hole was a lot of, not a lot of people, but I think a kind of an unpopular theory is that the movie's actually told through Allison's point of view in a way. And that she is actually in on essentially everything. So the start of the movie, when it starts off with that deer scene where the deer crashes through the high school and then like the police have to come and kill the deer. She, like, lingers and watches it. And some say that that's, like, a pivotal moment where she kind of, like, has these dark inclinations and she's kind of fascinated because while everybody else is leaving, like, she lingers there and she watches it happen. So then um, as the movie kind of develops, like, obviously all of that happens with the boys. But there's, like, some things that shift, obviously, between Zach and Josh's friendship and then between that and then her party where remember how, like, Josh was at the party and, like, Zach had no idea he was going to be there? So she obviously, like, reached out to Josh in some way, and, like, a weird bond was formed then with, like, the weird weed dealing. So then her, Josh, and the blue-haired kid were hanging out, and then the next day, obviously, the blue-haired kid is obviously dead. But Allison was with those other two boys. Like, that was confirmed. So then it's kind of speculated that Josh, like, showed her Daryl's body, and then at some point, like, conspired to kind of go after blue-haired kid. I'm not telling this really cleanly, but there are, like, all these, I'm like, things. Yeah. 
So then like they kind of have like a weird, there are other like weird things that happen and kind of near the end of the movie, we see Zach realize that Josh had dialed Allison's new cell phone number. Right. Brand new number. Yes. So that was kind of like a tell that they were like in cahoots in some way. Uh I don't know. There've been really weird things. And she has like a personality shift after the blue haired kid dies where like, she has like a little bit more edge to her. She's like smoking cigarettes all of a sudden. It's like a little bit more like not goody two shoe, but it always kind of falls apart for me every time I I rewatch it kind of near the end, where there are a lot of shared moments between her and Josh in that kind of final section where they're at that girl's house, where they're sharing like secret looks and kind of like I don't know. It's really weird, and it seems like she's kind of in on it. But then obviously we see when Zach comes in that it looks like she's tied up and like all of this. So I don't know what the plan was. Personally, I love that theory of her kind of being like a little psychopath in some way. Yeah, I love that theory too. But yeah, I think you're right. It does fall apart with with her being tied up because I know I don't know if they could have planned that Josh would have or sorry, Zach would have figured out that that's where they were and what was Mm -hmm. going on. And I, I don't know. I think the, for me, if you follow that, it sort of is like a cover to have her tied up because then she could be like, I wasn't in on it. Like he came after me too. I just didn't get stabbed. Or if like maybe she was kind of like in on it to some extent and then he really did snap and like she kind of thought she was in on him and like he just couldn't resist in some point. Cause then at the end hmm. um, when we are in her POV and like it's the end and she's at school, I've also seen people be like, what if like those three lines in the back of the neck were like from her friend, like scraping her or something and not from like the sword blades or like, did the sword not really cut her neck because it was so dull from killing the first kid. And then the second girl where it's just like, I don't know. there are all these different things, but I don't know. I really think it's interesting. And that's why I think I really enjoy this movie is because you don't really know what's going on. And they, once again, the directors, I feel like have not really talked about it and like explained it, which is kind of fascinating. So I don't know if people are then going out of their way to make like perhaps a weak movie feel a little bit more interesting by coming up with all like these weird side plots, or maybe it is just, you know, really fun and really well done. I don't know. I like when there isn't like somebody that's involved with the movie comes out and just like, no, here, here it is. Here's the explanation. Cause then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, no art is to be interpreted by the viewer yeah. and you make what you will of it in your own. Yeah. Viewing it's, it's better that way, at least for them. Then the movie gets talked about more and stuff like it's good that there's fan theories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree that. Yeah. Like I, even before recording, I'm like, I really don't know what to make of this. I can't tell if I like liked it or what, <laughs> but it was, it was for sure an interesting watch. Absolutely. I think even without the very interesting conspiracy theory that Allison was in on it, I still liked it. I, I mm-hmm. think, I think even taken at face value, it's just, it's a vibe and it's a, it's a fun anxiety inducing experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with the whole vibe thing. Like there are times where I truly like crave to watch this movie. And I think as it is just like small town vibes where like these kids just kind of have the lay of the land, they're biking everywhere. There are mountains, there are rivers. Like it just is, it's vibey. And then you throw a synth in the background and you're just kind of like, hell yeah. You know, yeah. It, I don't know. I really love that aspect. 
the one uh, downside uh, for my viewing, I watched this through a free service, so there were ads in it. And at a certain point, I assume we're all familiar with uh, Shaq's The General commercials. Yes. <laughs> so, so each of these ad breaks was usually about like two, two and a half minutes. You, you see the little timer and it cycles through a bunch of different commercials. One of the ad breaks was the same general commercial, 20-second <laughs> commercial for oh two minutes God. straight. Wow. I was losing what? my mind. <laughs> Jesus. I'm shocked that one, those are still in like active circulation. Yeah. <laughs> Why are it, you watching stuff this way? You acqu- you acquire things the same I, way I do. Like it was <laughs> it was through Plex, but it was through their like streaming free oh, service. God. And because it, it wasn't that bad, but like that was the one. It, it I was like doing something, and it happened like twice, and I was like, wait, did that is that the same commercial? And then it happened a third time. I was like, oh, weird. That must have like glitched. And then it went on for another like two straight minutes. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is torture. <laughs> It's Groundhog's Day, but just this one commercial break. Yeah, yeah. it's one like twenty second commercial. Uh, so that that took me a bit out of the viewing experience. <laughs> I, I bet that that could kill the vibe pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, maybe do a little trivia. You guys ready for some trivia? Hell yes. It's time yeah. for. Hey, did you know that? That's right. This is the part of the show where we pit our guests and CJ head to head to see who knows the most about what we watched. Olivia, CJ, are you two ready? Ready. Ready. All right. First question, and I'm pretty excited to read you this one. Oh, boy. This is multiple choice. Yes. What was the working title for this movie? (laughs) Was it A, Very Dark Times? (laughs) Was it B, I Know Who You Stabbed Last Summer? (laughs) Was it C, The Sword in the Stoner? Mm. Or was it D, Super Dark Times? (laughs) Bravo, Ken. I dig it. I mean, it's between very or super, right? Is that because, like, <laughs> let's be honest here. Very it dark could times. be the sword and the stoner. <laughs> could it? <laughs> it fits. I'm going to say it was just super dark times. I think super is better than very. Okay. I like the idea of it being very. We'll say A. Okay. I don't know what the real answer is. I assume it was super dark times. But I just had two really good alternate titles, and I wanted to make this question. So no, I don't know if anyone really gets the points. So I'm assuming it's Super Dark Times. In that case, yeah, we both CJ get a does. point. No, sure. CJ gets it. No, it's tied. We both get it. <laughs> also, there was, like, no trivia about this. You're right. Like, the directors are not talking about this movie. So there are, like, no fun facts about the making of it or any background on it. It is very void. So... These next two questions are just going to be based on the movie, and uh, we've already said both of these, so just the first person who shouts out the answer gets the point. Great. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. In what decade did this movie take place? 90s. Yeah, I yeah, didn't know okay, that. That's it. But I guess the phones kind of give it away. No one has I a think, cell phone. But I feel like I had those phones. I actually have a little gripe about this. I had those phones growing up. Like, if you were to picture this just a decade later, like, this feels very 2000. 7 2009 to me the only thing that gives away is we one time see a pager other than that i feel like it could be timeless maybe yeah he's got the caller id thing too i think they also had something on tv at one point that like Mm -hmm. mentioned that clinton was president or something oh yeah all right yeah all right next question what color is zach's cast pink pink is correct cj get the point all right well we're all tied up (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Here's the next question. What is the IMDb score? Ooh. Just closest. It's IMDb. out of 10. Do those freaks on IMDb like this kind of stuff? What do we think? Seven. Hey, make it fair. Oh. Uh, too late. Go ahead. <laughs> 7.2. Okay. Um, I will go like 6.2. <laughs> Olivia, closer at 6.6. Ooh. Holy cow. It is uh, hailing. It's oh, hailing. did the storm start? Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry. Here, I can say that mine. Yeah, we're Can you hear that? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm also trying to like, are... kind of look through your little window in the back to see if I can see Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Olivia, you got the point from the last one. Congratulations. Thank you. What is, next question, what is the Rotten Tomatoes tomatometer score in percentage closest without going over? Olivia, since you're in the lead, I believe, you go first. Um, I will bump it up to a 74. Ooh, that's, that's right around where I probably would have said as well. Do I think it's higher? I'll give it credit, 75. Mm. So you're, you're closer, it's 90%. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Did not expect much, that. Much wow. better received over on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's the critic score, so I guess that yeah. has more weight. Um, all right, so it's all tied up then. Yep. So what is the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes? Just closest. And to make it totally fair, send me in the Zoom chat uh, to me specifically what your answer is. Okay, well, now I feel like this is – I'm talking because I'm, like, try, I'm trying to give the audience what they want. I really have no idea. Oh, man, yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll go with that. Is it? Are you amazed by our answers, or is it the yeah. hail again? The, the hail is, is <laughs> it is wild. All right, I have the answers. Olivia, you said eighty-five percent. Wow. CJ, you said seventy-two percent. CJ is exactly correct. Whoa! Oh, Which makes know. CJ our winner. Wow. Amazing. I even deleted it. I, I was going to put like 76 and then I changed it to wow. Wow. Yeah. Right on the nose. Good job. Thank you. Feels good. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, time for our readings then. You've estimated. We know you've been waiting. So now it's time to hear our uh, Olivia, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate Super Dark Times for you? Yeah, I think with the vibe and me loving the conspiracy theory, I think I'm going to give it a solid eight. Right. I okay. I just had a fun time. I Like I said, I crave to watch it sometimes. So to me, that be like it. super fun times, right? Or, yeah, super fun times. Yeah. I reached so that fun. high. <laughs> yeah. All right, CJ. For me, I'm having a really tough time. I... I don't know what to make of this movie. I think I liked it, but I don't, but I couldn't <laughs> quite tell you why. Or <laughs> like, sure. man, this is, I'm going to be thinking about this for days. It feels like I, I'm going to have to go on there, the, down that Reddit rabbit hole. I want to check that out. Too. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. Uh, I think this is one of those instances though, that like talking about it, I think I like it more. Just it's very, yeah, very weird. I haven't watched a movie like this in a while. One that's just been like, uh, anxiety inducing because uh, I tend to avoid those these days uh, I think this is at least getting a 7 maybe like a 7.4 we'll go with oh yeah okay wow yeah. 
That is way higher than I would have expected out of you. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's awesome. I can't explain why. <laughs> this is a weird movie. He knows uh, I'll come after him with my katana sword. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I gave you my address. This is bad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. For me, uh, I'm in the hand-holding club with Olivia. It's an eight. Wow. It's a very, very good movie. I don't know if uh, I've ever was... gotten an eight out of you, Ken. I don't know. Yeah, I like Juice. That one might have might have been up there. We'll take it. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted. What are your thoughts? Oh, I have nothing more to add. It's uh, it's a vibe. It's a it was a great movie. It was great to rewatch it. Um, I don't know if I ever would have pulled it out again, but it was it was worthwhile, and I may uh, I may keep going back to it because it was uh, it's a fun movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little slower in the beginning. Yeah, and after the initial kill, but the last like forty minutes of the movie are are action packed. It feels like so. Mm-hmm. I like a lot. And if anyone cares, you did get an eight out of Ken for juice and a higher score because you did a Christmas story. And who's not going to like that movie? Okay, there we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, but other than those two, yeah, some pretty low rates. <laughs> <first Yeah. of laughs> Anna- what did I say for Anastasia? Uh, that was a two. Yeah. Oh. That's right. Heartbreaking. Well deserved. <laughs> and a 5.5 for When Harry Met Sally, which I also agree that I think you're wrong on that one, but that's fine. That one might be a little low. Yeah. <laughs> well, Olivia, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, do, you, do you have any words of wisdom or anything you want to plug at the end here? Yeah, no. Thank you as always for having me. Um, thanks to plug. Let's see. You can make a donation to my work, which is the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, and then my friend's getting married next month, so I'll plug her wedding. Oh, Paulina. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Go, Paulina. Congratulations. <laughs> It's not Polina, right. like the brown line stop. It's Polina. I tried. I tried to get her parents to do that, but no dice. Too late. They don't even need to change the spelling. Spell the same. You just gotta. <laughs> well, she's she is from Russia, so it is P O. So none. None uh, of that means uh, for this, PJ. Come on. Russia. I just assume everybody names their kids after brown line stops. <laughs> Tragic. Kimble. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my kid Rockwell. That's right. <laughs> All right, Siege. What do we got? You can follow us on all the things at Overtalking Pod. Call or text us like Justin Peters did at USACAT1591. Email us like actor Wayne Knight did at overtalkingpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Go to our website, overtalkingpod.party. Uh, oh, no, they're here. The Overtalking Overlords have arrived. They are, of course, our guests. You know, they're worldly landlords, uh, and I feel bad for anyone whose first episode this is. Uh, <laughs> Go listen to episode 300. You'll get brought up to speed. Yeah, or 250, or... I think it was 251. Uh, Do you think they brought the hail? Is that who was causing this? Probably. They're probably pissed that I hadn't plugged anything yet, because they show up at the end of every episode to remind me to remind you. If you like the show, please go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review reviews or help people find this podcast. Also, we spend no money in advertising, so if you like the show, please tell a friend and spread the word. We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And they're gone. And as we say at the end of every single episode... The sword in the stoner. (laughs) Bye. This episode of the Overtalking Podcast was edited and produced by Ken and CJ. Special guest this week was Olivia Cody. Music by Justin Peters and logo by Nate Richards. Check out Nate's work on Instagram at Nate Richards Designs.